Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mungamerix at Movies, the show where we don't talk smack about movies, but celebrate them, except for the odd occasion where we do actually watch something bag and rag on it, which is not the case today, because we saw something good recently, and I, your host, Slum Romayasha, want to talk about it. But wait, why I, and not we... Well, folks, this episode's gonna be kind of unusual. As loyal listeners know, Manga Mavericks at Movies has been trucking along through a bunch of backlog podcasts we recorded, but didn't release from 2017. Because we had so many backlog episodes, we decided not to record any new at Movies until they were all released and out of the way. Unfortunately, this means we haven't gotten a chance to talk about many new movies on the show this year. However, I've occasionally been writing movie reviews for all-comedy.com after seeing movies that have really inspired me to say something about them, and I had time to write about them. Last week, I saw Mamoru Hosoda's newest film, Mirai, in theaters, which was a movie that really resonated with me, and even though I've already written a review of the movie, I've also wanted to share my thoughts on it on the podcast. Unfortunately, Lord and I do not have time to record anything together right now, and many of my friends who I'd like to talk about the film with also haven't seen it yet. But I really wanted to share my thoughts on the movie before it's out of theaters. So I've decided to read my review of the film on the podcast and post it as a special episode of Manga Mavericks at Movies. I figured a lot of people who listen to the show might have not read my review already or might prefer to listen to my thoughts instead of reading them. So I thought this would be a good compromise. And if you guys like this kind of episode, I might do more of these solo at movies in the future in case we can't record a regular episode on a new anime movie, especially ones that I really want to talk about and promote. Mirai. Mirai? It means future. This is your baby sister. And you have to protect her no matter what. Big brother. Stop putting cookies on my face! So, let's begin by sharing my general impressions of Mamoru Hosoda's filmography. I generally enjoy his movies, particularly because I share his interest in familial themes. Mamoru Hosoda's films are focused on families, and so far they've each taken a different angle on that same theme. Baron Omatsuri and the Secret Island dissects how the Straw Hat Pirates function as a surrogate family unit, and Summer Wars explores the dynamics between a large extended family, Wolf Children is about a single mother's struggle to raise her two kids, and The Boy and the Beast is about a boy's relationship to his adoptive father, and later reconciling a relationship with his birth father. Hosoda's interests seem to lie in non-traditional families, those that subvert traditional ideas of what a family looks like. His characters deal with crises of identity, questioning what it means to be a family and whether they truly belong to theirs. It's quite remarkable that despite Hisoda's fascination with families, Mirai is his first film to depict a nuclear family unit. Two parents with two children. Yet once again, Hisoda refuses to portray a stereotypical conservative idea of what a family looks like. Rather, Mirai's family reflects modern families in that they subvert traditional gender roles, demonstrating flexible and changing dynamics between the parents as caregivers. When their first child is born, the father 
continued working while leaving the majority of the childcare to the mother. But after the birth of their second child, the mother resumes working out of the home while the father starts working from home, becoming their children's primary caregiver. The film shows how the family adjusts and embraces these changes, told through the lens of four-year-old Kuhn and his emotional development as he learns to better appreciate his family. This is your baby sister, Kuhn. Sister? Isn't she precious? The Hosoda has previously explored motherhood and fatherhood in Wolf Children and The Boy and the Beast respectively, Mirai's depiction of parenting feels more authentic and articulated. In G-Kids' interview with Hosoda, shown after the ending credits of the film's theatrical screening, he revealed that he got the idea for the film from his son's jealousy of his newborn daughter and his experiences raising his children. While Wolf Children and The Boy and the Beast are tributes to Soda's real-life family members, the depictions of mothers and fatherhood in those films are idealized. They seem to reflect Soda's ideas of what he thinks makes a good mother and father, but don't draw from his experiences. In contrast, Mirai is expressly autobiographical, simulating genuine struggles he and his wife have had in child rearing. Huh? You want me to take your training wheels off? Hmm. Like right now? Mm. You want to work completely on your own? Mm. Are you sure? Depicting mm. how the mother and father cooperate, sharing and shifting their responsibilities, presents a more fully formed vision of what motherhood and fatherhood look like than in Hosoda's previous films, where his idealistic portrayals presented unrealistic and questionable expectations for what makes a good mother or father. In Mirai, Masoda presents fallible parents who are still learning on the job. They're always uneasy, constantly worried about doing a good job, and panicking at the unexpected, causing them to make very understandable mistakes that shake their confidence. One particular scene of note is one where the mother is trying to teach the father how to properly hold her baby and feed her, and the palpable stress as the father becomes increasingly unsure of himself, and the mother becomes progressively frustrated with him as they both try to ignore their son's attempts to get their attention. Later, after scolding their son and threatening to throw away his toys, the mother vents her worries about being a good parent to her mom, questioning the efficacy of her parenting and whether she's spending enough time with her children. The parents' struggles with situations like these, trying to maintain a work-life balance while still paying attention to being patient with their children and each other, and their insecurities over whether their good parents are genuinely true to life and more realistically relatable than the allegorical problems the families in Hisoda's past films have faced. Okay, there you go. Now don't stop. That's good. That's good. You're getting it. Yes. Uh -huh. You hurt? Okay? <laughs> While Asoda's musings on parenting is a large part of the film, Mariah's core team is focused on how much we are a product of our families. Kuhn is in the most self-centered stage of childhood, barely registering the feelings and emotions of people besides himself. He's focused on his wants above the needs of his family, and throws tantrums and makes threats when he doesn't get his way. 
Kun feels like a real kid in ways most anime children don't. From the way he slowly understands or reacts to new situations, his blunt and often thoughtless thoughts, and his unpredictable moments of sweetness and selfishness. He's often frustrating, but easy to empathize with. And the film is about him learning to treat his family with more respect and understand their feelings. Knock it off! It's her nap time. You need to let her sleep. Mirai structures itself through a series of conflicts involving Kuhn and a member of his family, which each results in him interacting with a version of them he can better relate to, learning more about them and appreciating them a lot more. Rather than simply learning that he needs to be nicer to them, he starts recognizing that they're people just like him, that have become who they are thanks to their experiences. The film's climax challenges Kuhn's perception of himself, exposing how little he knows about his family and examining how he defines himself as a member of that family. None of Kuhn's family members besides Mirai are given names in the film, emphasizing that Kuhn only recognizes them by the roles they have in relation to him and doesn't understand who they are as people. When he's lost and can't tell the lost and found attendant his parents' names because he doesn't know them, he realizes he doesn't know enough about his family. Something further emphasized in future Mirai shows him defining moments in their family's history that provides new context for his previous interactions with them. By exploring different generations of Kuhn's family and seeing how the decisions they made in their lives affected the people they became, Asoda posits that a person is not simply a product of their experiences, but those of their family as well. Everyone in our family is a result of these moments. Makes me feel so old. Unlike Asoda's previous films, the characters of Mirai don't coexist with or occupy a magical world. Kuhn is the only character in the family that engages with fantastical elements, and it's left up to the viewers to interpret whether these experiences were real or imagined. The ambiguity of Kuhn's time-traveling interactions help preserve the relatability of the setting and the family's struggles. While excusing the surreal blending of imaginative imagery contrasted alongside the mundane without it feeling out of place. For instance, when Kuhn calls his mother a witch, her face transforms into the face of a witch from his storybook. We're never under the assumption that her face literally changes. This is a visual gag that reflects and exaggerates Kuhn's perceptions and feelings. The rest of Kuhn's fantasies, including his time traveling interactions with his family members from the past and future, operate much in the same way. These events might not really be happening, but that doesn't matter, because both Kuhn and the audience are experiencing and engaging with them emotionally. It's a good compromise that allows the film to convey a grounded, personal story while still indulging in spectacular set pieces. Great Grandpa? Are you still scared? I'm not scared! Ever since the day you showed up on the doorstep, they've stopped paying attention to me. Uh, I got it. The Soda's films feature brilliant character animation that beautifully communicates the interiority of its characters. One scene that particularly encapsulates the emotional fidelity of the film's animation is when Kuhn plays with his mother as a little girl. Her mischievous body language when she proclaims that things are better when they're messy says so much about her personality as does Kuhn slowly process shock responses to her bold statements. 
The chaotic, bouncy energy of when Kuhn's mother jumps off her chair with her fist pump bouncing away sideways as Kuhn follows mimicking her really captures the jubilant excitement of the children and highlights Kuhn's impressionable ability, depicting him following her example exactly. It's so good! I know, right? So good! So good! So Mirai's animation is complemented by an evocative score and masterful performances that come across as down-to-earth and human rather than cartoonish. Jaden Walden's performance as Kuhn is particularly vital to the dub's success, communicating believable nuances in his voice and inflections that authentically reflects what and how a kid his age would say, and behave. Mariah's characters feel like real people whose emotional nuances have been enhanced by the expressive dynamism animation allows. I'm your big brother, so I'm going to teach you a lot of different stuff, okay? First I'll take you outside, and I'm going to teach you the names of all the bugs. Dragonfly! And then I'll show you how you can see things in the clouds. There's a scorpion! See? And that one... She's too little to go outside just yet. <laughs> You can take her when she's a bit bigger, alright? Fine. Mirai is a wonderful display of Asoda's growing f maturity as a filmmaker. It demonstrates his evolving ideas on parenthood and new perspectives on what makes a good parent and what constitutes a family. Moreover, it's his most personal film yet, directly based off his anecdotes as a parent and made in response to conflicts his family experienced after the birth of his daughter. Mariah can be seen as Soda's personal message to his son, teaching him life lessons and sharing his philosophy with him to guide him through this particular time in his life. It also can be seen as a tribute to him and his wife's trials as parents, reflecting on how far they've come since their most turbulent days regardless of how you interpret it. It's unquestionably ambitious and successfully articulated. If Mirai is a new benchmark for Hasoda's films to aspire to, then we've all got a bright future to look forward to. These little things all come together to make up who we are today. And that's it. Those are my thoughts on Mariah, and that's it for this episode of Mung Merrick's At Movies. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this solo At Movies format, and I'll do more in the future to make sure we cover as many new anime movie releases on the show as possible. As for Mariah, make sure to check it out whenever you get the chance to. At the time of this recording, there's still one more theatrical screening happening in the United States on Saturday, December 8th. So definitely attend that if you can, because this is a film deserving of being seen on the big screen. 
As for this podcast, you can find more manga arts at movies on all-comer.com, on Apple Podcasts, and all your podcast platforms of choice, and on our YouTube channel. Please make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, as well as subscribe, watch, and like our content on YouTube, because that really helps the show grow and helps us reach more people. You can also follow us on social media at manga underscore mavericks on Twitter and mangamavericks.tumblr.com, and you can send your feedback and suggestions to us at our email, mangamavericks at gmail.com, or post Post them in our Discord channel, the Manga Mavericks Discord. As for me, Lum Romayasha, you can find me on Twitter at Lum Romayasha and on Animation Revelation, Annie List, and many other places under that name. You can read my manga and movie reviews on all-comment.com and if you enjoy my work you can donate to my Ko-fi page which really helps me out because manga and movie tickets are expensive but that about does it for the show and I hope you enjoy this episode of Manga Max at Movies and we'll see you in the next one which will most likely be another backlog episode but hey maybe it'll be one we actually recorded this year hmm what could it be I guess you'll have to wait and see but until then that's the take and cut. Go for